Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Jared Brandon is uh, still in major moving mode. He's actually on his way back from back to Tennessee. His life is a big uh, moving mess van. right now, so um, <laughs> he's he's uh, been pretty busy. But hey, everybody, it's me, Tano. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled Woo. to death that you Woo. are Woo-hoo. listening to our show, the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Where we, what did Tony? If you know what we always get, new people. What and they always say hi and hi. what do what we do? Hey. We like to talk about gear. Specifically, we like to talk about boutique gear. More specifically, we like to talk to the people who make the boutique gear. Mm-hmm. And that's things like guitars and amps and pedals and accessories and oh my. all the good stuff. And occasionally we do a 101 where we all learn a little something. Correct. And we also talk sometimes to movers, shakers, authors, musicians, the whole ball of wax. Yep. Gear, demo people and influencers, all kinds of stuff. Um, anyhow, we have one of those people on hand, um, actually in studio with us. Yay! Because we've got a, uh, a real live Ohio builder with us right now. Uh, please introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Cliff Spruill with Clifton Guitar Works. Yeah. Right on. Uh, now, you, are you an Ohio native? Yes. The right. only time I was not in Ohio is the five years I spent in the Navy construction battalion. I'm so glad you didn't say penitentiary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, almost as far as you you know. I'll I'll mind my P's and Q's then. uh, Watch out, he's got a shiv! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did get paroled after five years. Yeah, Yeah. quote, good behavior. (laughs) Anyways, um, hey, everybody deserves a second chance, you know, so we're Mm. glad you're here. We're going to have fun talking with uh, Cliff. He makes some really unique guitars and is also uh, expanding his production uh, into pedals and maybe some other things. So we're going to hear all about that. Uh, In the meantime, where can people go to check out what you do? We are all over the interweb. You could go to the website, cliftonguitarworks.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, You can mail us. You can come by the house. You can call. You can stalk. We can be found anywhere. Hey, be mindful. If you just heard the last minute or two, that may not be what you want to do. But um, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's not, to our knowledge, this has gone too far, everybody. He's a, he's a, he's a gentleman. So, um, All right. Well, uh, we're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to find out, all, as I mentioned, all about your what you're building, uh, hand building, and uh, a bunch of other musical type nonsense. Uh, let's see here. We got a few announcements real quick. We need to thank Road. That's right. We need to thank Road Mics down in Australia. Uh, hello, Nick. Uh, this is where our weekly when we get to say hi to Nick, and he says Nick. He says hi back, um, and we wave. And um, we're just really glad that we've got some good people down there who have supplied us with some really awesome equipment. So thank you so much for that. And um, everybody out there, there are so many people that listen that are making content these days. Um, And if this is something that you are currently doing or you're interested in, they have really doubled down on making content maker friendly equipment. Everything that you need 
to do those things they're they are handling right now and it is is really outstanding stuff so thank you uh we also got a lovely note from gregory randall he said uh hey knobs finally got around to listening to the latest episode um that would have not been the latest but the previous latest (laughs) uh it was great as usual uh, I always love the outtakes at the end, this, and this time I was laughing really hard at the Michael McDonald imitations. <laughs> <laughs> we had a blast doing them because it doesn't matter. We don't do things because the you know the quote unquote tape is rolling. We do it because we're silly idiots. Um, <clears throat> I've never heard anyone imitate Julia Child imitating Michael McDonald before. <laughs> I think that was aimed at me. I'm not, I'm pretty sure truly amazing he says have a great day on the journey together gregory randall uh greg is gregory is a great supporter of our show so thank you so much for sending that and we're glad that we uh made you have a good chuckle um we do those we give those out for free there's that's one side benefit of of the show if nothing else tony and i and jared laugh and that's good enough. We if no one else listens, which fortunately they are, you're all out there listening right now, so you're hearing this. Um, we love it. Anyhow, uh, thank you so much, and uh, we let's get on with uh, what's going on in our music worlds this week. We are going to check in with Tanya Bolonsky and then uh, with our friend Cliff over here, and then I'll, I'll uh, round it up. That would be swell of you. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, my newest issue of uh, Vintage Guitar Magazine, and there's a really cool article on uh, Joe Walsh being reunited with his, I think it's a 59 uh, Mm -hmm. Les Paul. And uh, it had, uh, I don't know, somehow somehow it got misplaced along the way during the crazy, crazy years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a really good article, and it talks a lot about it. I mean, he had an option to either buy his guitar back from a dealer, and, and there was just these series of, of, you know, misadventures, I guess, and somehow he got uh, one of these uh, dealers ended up with it. I think it was at Willie's. Uh, and uh, he was, he, he was going to... He, he had an option to either buy a pristine... 1959 uh, Les Paul or his old guitar back and after he got a chance to play his old guitar he bought that one instead and it was the same money and his guitar at this point is certainly not pristine Um, it was uh, I guess what's technically called a tangerine burst so it's pretty pretty bright orange sunburst on the outside yeah and uh it it had uh, been ridden hard and put away wet and he had it back when he was uh that's a horse reference by the way everybody yes it is yeah because the whole thing is you ride the horse horse hard and it's sweating under the saddle blanket you take off the the uh the uh the saddle and the pad and they're usually coated in sweat and if you put them away wet they their hair mats and it's disgusting well, thank you for explaining that. Wow. I, I would have never known that. That's, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I thought it was really interesting that uh, he ch- ended up choosing this guitar, even though it was not in great condition. I mean, there was some water damage on the headstock and the body. Uh, the pickups and everything were all rusted. But there was some connection that he had with that particular guitar. 
the neck and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and he chose that for the same money that he could have got a pristine one for uh, from Rudy's in New York. So, mm. so I, did, I did a little bit of a deep dive and started digging out pictures of the James Gang and early Eagles and just to kind of check out that guitar in particular. So Very cool. Very that, cool. Well, do you think he did the right thing? I think he did. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I think one of the quotes was, we can't believe that Joe Walsh is paying a premium for a Joe Walsh guitar. <laughs> yeah, that, you'd think that the dealer would cut just so he could have the, look what I did. You know, but he's also probably, yeah, and you can afford it. Yeah, and, at this point, yes, you can afford it. So, yeah, so that, that begs a, a question. Um, we've kind of talked about this before, but since then we've also bought and sold a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, if... If you could buy a piece of gear that you sold off, what yeah. would it be? It would be my 1966 Jaguar. Ooh, yeah. Why did you do that? Well, I was... I was stupid. I was. I mean, I was, I was <laughs> selling off stuff. I mean, you know, there was a guy that I worked with that said that wanted a guitar. And I said, well, I've got this one. I wasn't playing anymore at that time. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the, really the first real guitar that I bought. Um, I got it from a pawn shop in Youngstown, and it was a true 1966 block uh, inlays, bound neck, and had the original case. Um, the only thing wrong with it was it had a, uh, a bad bridge pickup. And at that time, you didn't go out and order a Jaguar pickup. You routed the body and put a humbucker in it. So I had Kurt Cobain beat by quite a few years. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think if I had an opportunity, I would, I would, I, you know, now get this, I bought it for $175 back in 1981, yeah, 82. nobody was playing those things. No, everybody hated them. Yeah. But this thing was, it was a beautiful guitar. I mean, it was in perfect shape. The case was in good shape. And yeah. then I got my filthy hands on it. Yes. But, you um, do have rather filthy hands. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but I used that for, you know, pretty much all the time that I was playing in the 80s. Huh. And then, you know, stopped playing. Eh, I don't need it anymore. This guy wants to buy it. And I think I sold it for $275. And I thought I was doing pretty good. Yeah. I made 100 bucks on the deal. Fantastic. <laughs> Cliff, how about yourself? Any piece of gear that you can... That comes to mind. No, because I'm kind of a kind of a hoarder, so I kind of still have everything. That's that's impressive because considering that most people, especially starting out, you know, young, uh, in order to get something better, you have to get rid of something. You have to, you know, make some money to get to go into debt. Yeah, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really start start playing guitar until I was almost twenty five. Yeah, so. Yeah. I didn't go through the the pain years. Yeah, the other stuff. I <laughs> mean, fair. I I you know had a job and used the money to get the guitar I wanted and still have it. That's well, well you're a lucky person. You, yeah. you haven't fallen into the trap that almost everybody uh does at some point. I've Todd, how about cl- you? I've come close a couple of times, but yeah. Well, what, what piece of gear would you buy back? In, do you, including do you know your which Chan- one it is? Chandler tube driver rack mount? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although that's probably worth something at this point. Yeah, it's uh, worth a little bit more than probably yeah. then. Uh, no, it would be the, uh, was it the, it was it an 84? The 84, the Explorer, the white on white Explorer. Oh. Yeah. You regret selling it? I do. Huh. I do regret that. Just because it was the 
patina on it. It's just it's like, oh my gosh. That yeah, was, those white guitars that get amazing. that perfect shade of yellow. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> over the years. I do. That's one that, but I, I had to because I needed to get something else. Yeah. So, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Crying over spilt milk. I know. I know. I know. But it was beautiful. When I, do you want to explain that? Uh, spilt milk? Crying over spilt milk. No, I'll let you handle that one. I don't um, want I, I don't want to overshadow your knowledge with my vast knowledge. <laughs> I, we need to spread it out. So, you know, the, the, the saying is, don't cry over spilt milk. Yes. If you spill your milk, it's not the end of the world. Yes. So there's no sense in crying over it. Uh-huh. That, that was very elaborate. I suspect that that came from when young Timmy had to go down to the corner store to get the milk from Mr. Johnson and walk it all the way back. In the glass bottles? In the glass bottles. Oh, did he have the carrier or not? Yo, for sure had the carrier. The but metal that's carrier? why it was so heavy, and it rocked back and forth. And, and he spilt milk? Young Tommy spilled milk, and they need cry because he's going to get in trouble. And when he got home, what did the mother, mom say? She didn't say anything. Just smacked him in the in the noggin with a wooden spoon. And then she told him, "Don't cry over spilled yes. milk." <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, yeah. On this week's colloquialism I, I podcast, love, hey, I'm a massive fan of etymology, not entomology. That's the bugs. Bugs. But uh, I love etymology. I'm I'm absolutely knocked out by like where phrases come from and word origin and stuff. I love that stuff. I love etymology. Yes, I do too. That's the end of this. We we had nowhere to go with that. Cliff, how about you? What's going on in your music world? As far as building and what's going well, on, we'll save just, that. We'll save, save that. Save that. We're just wanting like just a general music nugget of something that happened this week in not, your music it, world. Tony overlabricizes everything. I, That's a new word. You, somebody can use that. Mm. You might Elaborize.com. You might want to coin that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, doing, uh, practicing with the band, getting a new CD done, getting uh, everything mixed and mastered, ready to nice. put together and print. Uh, we got a show this Saturday. It's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. It's a big... Uh, it's called Mercy Fest, and it's really a festival for all the first responders. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, fire and police cool. and things like that. So we're going to go out there and rock it up for a little bit in Clarksville, Indiana. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, what kind of music are you playing? It's hmm. kind of bluesy, classic rock kind of stuff with a little country flavor in it. Kind of, I don't know, a la Blackfoot kind of stuff. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, enjoy that fest out there. And that's cool that you're doing that, too, because, I mean, those folks, they work hard every every mm -hmm. day of the year. Yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. And the past two years, they worked extra hard. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's great that you're able to do that. Hey, Todd, what about you? Well, so <laughs> glad you asked, Tony. I was wondering, what was I going to talk about this week? And lo, and behold... <laughs> Uh, I got delivered today an Origin 50 head, a Marshall Origin 50 head. Oh, wow. Don't you already have an Origin 50? I have an Origin 50 combo. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be elaborating on, well, well, then why would I get an Origin 50 head? Yes. Um, elaborate, please. Well, uh, as I'm gigging, I so I got the combo and then realized, boy, I could really use a little bit more firepower because we're getting a little some bigger stages. I just need a little bit more 
speaker, so a little speaker. bit more speaker. Give me some SPLs. Yeah, the 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 combo sounds fantastic, and the range that it has because it's it's basically like a, um, a 10, 20, 50 style, you know, power. That's how it's broken out, right. low, mid, high. Um, it uh, it allows a lot of versatility for whatever kind of room you're playing, um, but the one speaker is limiting. So I ended up getting a, a 212 cabinet, the Marshall 212 cabinet that uh, that goes with the Origin line. And uh, then I realized, you know, I was I was hauling the cabinet and the combo, mm. and I like to be prepared. And I was like, I'm always the person who anybody is saying, hey, do you have a thing? It's like, yes, I have a thing because I come prepared. Another everybody else doesn't. Um, so, and I said, you know, if this, I love the sample, I love this way this is going, but if something happens, if I get banged up, you know, it's like we're getting a lot of gigs, my sound's going to, you know, if I have to get an amp or whatever, it's going to be a hassle. But then I also thought about it's a, it's kind of a hassle to have to take that to practice, take it back. I'm constantly hauling this combo amp all over the place. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get the head for that speaker. Yeah. Cabinet. Yeah. And I'm going to leave the combo for practice or at my house so I can practice at home. Right. And get um, that same luscious tone. Exactly. So it should be exactly the same. Um, mm -hmm. Now, there's certain, you know, pros and cons with each, but I'm going to do some video action about, like, you know, the, you know, basically the whole, like, at the range now. Um, and the well, that'd be interesting to see that the difference between the the combo one twelve and the head two twelve. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to sound a little bit different. Well, it will. It has to because there's well, currently there's different speakers in the two twelve. The stock speakers are in there right now. Right. And one thing that I'm considering doing is, you know, those stock speakers are meant to sound awesome with like kind of cranking the the actual amp and getting the martial sound out of that mm -hmm. true to form i don't necessarily just want that so i'm finding that the speakers are kind of giving way a little too easy mm. and i think i'm going to put something in there because right now i put <sighs> i put a warehouse guitar speakers um invader 50 in okay. the combo mm. um and it sounds really great um so the only thing is, if I put the 50s, I feel like I need a little, something a little bit more in the 212. But, I'm, you know, I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to try out a couple things and see what works in there. But I, I feel like I need it to hold its, its own a little bit. Cause, hmm. um, so you want to get away from the Marshall sound? No, it's not that I want to get away from the Marshall sound. I don't want to be limited to a speaker that is going to deliver the Marshall sound at a lower power um, ratio, if you will, right? So, mm -hmm. like, right out of the box, it's going to sound like an overdriven Marshall. Mm. Right. Well, I'm hitting it with, you know, some pedals, so I'm hitting the drive with the drive, and I don't want it to sound just... Uh, overblown flubby and it yeah and i'm getting i can hear flub now and i'm yeah. like ah well you know you should call warehouse guitar i speakers am gonna call them and see what they they might recommend two different speakers they probably will i mean that's Which what i, I would listen do. and i do that i mean on 
And mic them both. On my Z-Best, well, you don't have to mic them both. You could just have a... Well, maybe I will. Well, okay. Because I like to do Knock things yourself out. that are excessively <laughs> complicated. <laughs> yeah, complicate things as much as possible. Uh, but, you know, like in my Z-Best cabinet, yeah. I have a, a Celestian Gold, and then I have a UK Celestian Greenback. Yeah. And those two speakers work really well together because the Gold is really good. It's a very efficient speaker, and the... the the, um, Ex- explain efficient speaker to those that might not understand what that is. So the Alnico Gold has um, it reacts faster. It's it, it it tends to break up a little bit sooner because it has a smaller voice coil, and uh, it all and it does have a, a lower power rating too because of the size of the voice coil. Um, so that uh, any Alnico uh, speaker tends to break up faster. Um, but it's a sound that I like. I mean, mm-hmm. and especially because I, I tend to gravitate towards the Voxy, uh, and, and I love the sound of an overdriven Vox. Yeah. On the other hand, the, the Greenback tends to be a little more MIDI. And this one, the, the other thing about the Greenback that I have, it is, it is a bass-voiced 12-inch speaker. Mm. Um, so it has a little bit lower range. It goes down a little bit deeper. And... Um, it doesn't react as fast. I mean, I can really hear it. I mean, most of what I hear coming out of that 212 cabinet is coming off the gold. Yeah. Uh, but the the I can feel the the bottom end coming from the other from the greenback. Right. So right. I don't necessarily hear it, but I do feel it. So I think it's a, that's a really good combination. So some I'm sure they've got some things like that. But the you know if you go with an Elnico speaker, you're probably it that might put you back into that yeah bright crunchy sound that you're trying to well and it's not the i mean you know the kind of music i'm playing i i want something i need something that has it's like i need a knife and a pair of brass knuckles that's that's, well that's why i think if you do two different speakers you'll right you'll you'll be happier right Anyhow, so more to come on that, but uh, that's my latest now. Now, I'm, as soon as I got that, I was like, ooh, this thing's pristine. And the cool thing is I got it at a stupid price on uh, ProAudioStar.com. Mm, I've checked that out before. They, I they've just, got some great deals. I kept looking. I was I'm like trying to find these heads somewhere, and, and like in the, in the used realm, they're all in the like 650 kind of thing, you know, 600, 650 kind of area. Brand new ones, I believe, are seven fifty. So I was like, oh, hundred bucks off on used ones. Might as well just get the new one, I guess. But uh, this one I actually picked up for g- like five twenty. Oh, so, and it's free shipping. I was like, oh, hello, yeah. mama. <laughs> we love free shipping. Yeah, but it was an oddball. It's like they don't, they're not ship, you know, doing mass volumes of this. And they got one that was like open box. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's not new anymore, so it's just sort of like an orphan sitting on their thing. So they're like, "Hey, we got to move this thing." Oh yeah, I so do. I, I raise mean, my hand. I do that all the time. I yeah. mean, that's if I'm looking for something particular, I'll go to Musician's Friend or Guitar Center. Yeah, if either they have used or open box. Yeah, you can sometimes score a really good deal. Yeah, but I mean, the hang tag was still on it. Yeah, the the power cord bag wasn't even like the bag with all the the pedals and everything. Those bags are still sealed and everything. Hmm. So. A demo unit or something. I'm not really sure, but it's pretty pristine. So that made me think, oh, now do I need, I should probably look for a used uh, head case. No pun, no jokes. <laughs> I'm already a head case, but just to, you know, to protect it. So you mean like a hard case? Yeah, or like a cabbage a... kind of thing or something like that. 
unnecessary. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I, I, I may have one. Really? Yes. Okay. That's just well, in my workshop that I used to kind of put my foot up on <laughs> when I'm when I'm tuning the guitar. It's, it's kind of in the way handy. right now. <laughs> so that's almost as bad as my shop where I have an old, I think it's from, it's either late 60s, early 70s. It's a Woodson 2x12 cabinet that is my coffee maker stand. <laughs> I love it. The things we find uses for. Yeah. You, you got to use what you got. Yeah, yeah, I hear it. Well, anyways, uh, let's, uh, we're going to get on to some really special um, four on the floorness in a second. But uh, first, I think Tony's got something to share. I think I've got something to share. You know, Todd, I'm looking at a pedal right now. That's great. This pedal is sitting in front of me. Oh, the one, yes, it's on the table. This one right here. Uh-huh. It's got four jacks on it. Holy mackerel. It's got an in and an out and a send and a return for the effects loop. Uh-huh. I'm wondering, should I just use guitar cables to just connect stuff up like that? No, that's absolutely silliness. I mean... You don't need to. You know why? Why? Well, now, the first thing somebody say, well, uh, yeah, but then you got to have a bunch of pedals crowded around there on these short little cables. Not yeah. true. No? You can get really long cables there. Yeah. Made in the exact same format. Um, and I believe they go up to 20 inches. That's a long cable. That for is a long... Ca- that is a long patch cable, but um, it's a whole lot better than using a very long or even a short guitar cable. That's a mm. lot of cable, even on a short guitar cable. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, like guitar cables, I think the shortest you can get is about three feet, four feet maybe. I don't know. Three feet? Three feet. Boy. Haven't you ever seen those? I don't think I have. I just like the way they look. I looked it up on my phone right now. Yeah. And it looks like they're very flat. They are flat. Almost like a crepe. And yes. they have very tiny jacks. They do have tiny jacks. I'm imagining that if you put those cables mm-hmm. on your board... Yep. You could probably squeeze an extra couple of pedals on that. You pedal absolutely board. could. Absolutely, that's one of the the upsides of that particular patch cable design. You can go get this particular patch cable at tourgeardesigns.com, and uh, when you purchase, put in the guitar knobs, all one word, into the coupon code. You're going to save ten percent on your entire order. They ship fast. And they are fantastic. So thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. No, that's to you. Oh, this part. I go to you. You go to this part. Yes. Let me have a little bit of this. That'll work since uh, Jared is on the road and we can't hear him from here. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right. Cliff, Clifton Guitar Works. Tell us your four on the floor. All right. Well, that's not really a difficult challenge because I don't have a whole lot of pedals on my board as it is. Okay. Um, so I have a Bonfire Boost, which is a clean boost that uh, also acts as kind of a a slight overdrive but not a tremendous overdrive and i really like it because i can use it as sort of like a solo boost that'll actually not only uh help your guitar cut through the mix but it will also give you a little bit more grit with it um i've used it on 
its own for like some bluesy stuff where you don't want a whole lot of breakup, but you want to just get, you know, a little bit of dirty, slimy kind of sound for the bluesy stuff. Um, I got it from uh, Ruvain, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, a local guy. It's a local pedal, mm. um, built real well. Uh, I've beat it up a lot. So that's kind of one of my staple pedals on my pedal board. Right on. And I think that's important. Um, you know, a lot of times guitarists rely on sound men or sound people to know when to boost the guitar so- signal on. I think having that control over I, I mean, that's something I always had when I was gigging. I mean, just something to give you just that little bit of a punch. And sometimes that's a clue that for the sound person to maybe give you a little boost too mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even need to it cuts through just fine but i, I do like a nice clean boost too Indeed. Yeah. and it's i mean it's dead quiet you know no hissing no buzzing i mean it's it's a well-built pedal awesome awesome how about number two number two is going to be my uh thimble wasp time lapse mm-hmm um, it's another local boutique yeah, builder, Thimble the Wasps. Yeah. yeah, I have. Uh, it's got uh, several different settings on it. Um, I like. I mean, it, it's got a ton of different settings on it. I'm not a big run through everything settings, but it has a dotted eighth setting that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it even has uh, a reverse tape delay. That's, that's pretty a great. Cool. That's a great one. Yeah, and I, I got to be honest. I really like the green light on the it's bottom. Very, very cool. <laughs> that yeah. that was I, mean, I thought that was because then we say you got to do yeah. that for all your pedals. Yeah, well, yeah, but that, they weren't. It's spectacular <laughs> because you can you can find your way back to your pedal board in the dark. It's yeah. true. It is true. It's yeah, true. That that I thought a lot was of versatility cool in that in that pedal. So so many options that you can get out of that. And yeah. and the thing that I like about it, to your point that you just pointed out, which was, um, you know. You don't need to. You don't need to be able to play all of the the crazier stuff, but the core settings for like you know a quote unquote normal use mm-hmm. is they're really really good. Yeah, and it's it and the way it's set up too with um, the the larger knob that goes yeah. to the settings. It does not take that long in between songs to just bend down, turn it to the next, yep. to the next setting you want, and then you're ready to yep. go. It's got the ramp up on it and all that yep. business. Oh yeah. And, well, actually, it's not just a ramp. They they were really slick with this because they, if you depending on what uh, type of effect you're doing, what type of delay effect, the the pedal the the uh, the, the foot switch that typically is reserved for tap tempo mm-hmm. or ramping reacts differently to the type of they were just really they they didn't leave any stone unturned with this oh yeah great nice. pedal. It's, it's a cool pedal how about number three number three happens to be also a pedal not thimble wasp but uh, phil clace who's um one of the guys at thimble wasp that does the building mm-hmm. built well let me let me go back just a little bit mm-hmm. so um He's the one that him and I work together on our pedal, and he has pedals at his house, and he had this chorus, or it was a modulation pedal that he had like 16 effects in it. Hmm. 
and he's going through all these different effects and he's like, Hey, check this out. Check this out. And he gets to this chorus and I went, stop right there. That, that what, what is that? And he's like, well, it's, you know, chorus and it does this. And I'm like, that's what I want that in a pedal. And he goes, well, you know, the chip in here, I mean, it could do eight things. I said, I don't care what else you put in there. I want that I just need to do that thing. <laughs> and, and what it is, is that, you know, most of your courses have that warble, almost like a flangey kind mm-hmm. of warble. Mm-hmm. This does not. It's, it's like an octave above and an octave below. Hmm. And it's just a nice, crisp chorus that gives you just a little bit of... Uh, openness and make make your sound just a little bit bigger i mean i i leave it on all the time mm. i i mean that just stays on constantly mm-hmm. um i'm not a guy that likes to use a lot of effects that you know that there's effects but more right. of you you notice when it's not there right sure so that's my number three okay what's that called again it's just chorus. It's I mean, just he chorus. just he just built it. He okay. built it for me. It's in a box. Okay, and it just says chorus. It's so, like so. If you're listening to this and that sounds wildly intriguing, um, you can get a hold of Thimble Wasp. Um, yes, and you know they they've been on the show. Uh, trying to think, of, Tony's going to look up what episode Thimble Wasp was. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you you go back into our um, our archive. It's not that far away. It was probably, I guess, this, about this time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and message them and say, hey, you built a chorus for Cliff at Clifton Guitar Works. That's I right. want that chorus. That would be episode number 240. 240. That was 30 epi- 32 episodes ago. Now. That was, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, half a year. Yeah. It says... Uh, November 2nd, 2021. Boom. Well, anyways, um, number four, last one. Number four. Number four. The last one is going to be the Zen Drive. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's the overdrive that if I'm like, I just can't quite figure out what I want, I, I it's just the go-to. Yeah, well, the Zen Drive is an important one in the... Uh, realm of of pedal dumb, mm-hmm. it's right towards the the beginning of yes. a lot of uh, a lot of drive pedals. You know, one that certainly oh, without helped. a doubt, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I just said. Without about. a doubt, <laughs> without I I did uh, I had doubt, and you confirmed that I don't need to have doubt. No, yeah. you don't need to doubt. Um, don't doubt me, Todd. Yeah, those are pretty expensive these days. Well. I, I got this one stupid cheap. That's good. Because I did some trading and building and trading and swapping. Yeah. And, you know, the guy kind of had this pedal. And he, I don't want to say he didn't know what he had because he knew he paid a lot of money for it. But this guy felt like anytime you bought something, that as soon as you bought it, it was only worth half of what you paid for it, just automatically. Yeah. And he was moving on to something else, and so I got it. Well, stupid, that's good. stupid cheap. Yeah. It's, it's always nice to get a bargain like that because, yeah. I mean, you feel good about it. I mean, and it's something that, that it, and it's useful to you, and it may not be useful to the person that you got it from. Yeah. And they just want to 
you know, get rid of it. And you took it. I won't say you took advantage of that, but you got a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, so and he got you. he got something from me that he wanted that I didn't Perfect. pay a whole bunch for. Everybody he wins. That is expensive. So. And that's yeah. that's the thing. I think you know we're talking before about going to the guitar show, and there's a lot of. Um, a lot of wheeling and dealing that goes on at, at the guitar shows, and sometimes oh, yeah. you can find some really good bargains. And truth be told, there's people that just say, oh, "I'm not really using this anymore. Maybe I can trade it for something that I really want." And I think we've all done that. Oh and yeah. It's, uh, so it, that, that's it's it's kind of good. I think that keeping that community going is really important. Yeah, I've lost a couple Mesa boogie amps doing that. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Zen Drive, actually, I just went to go look that up, and you know, th- you sound it sounds like you might have had a, a early version of this. Is that correct? Or yes, yeah. So the the early ones, the Hermita um, audio, um, that was the pre, so before Love Pedal started making. Yeah, this them. is pre Love Pedal. Yeah, those are f- like five hundred. Yeah, now you can pick up a Love Pedal version of it for. About 175 bucks, something like that. So, yeah. and the Love Pedal, they have the um, the black Zen Drive Black. Yeah. That is a pretty cool pedal. The black Magic. Mm. Yeah, Black Magic. It's, it's not exactly the same because mm. I've I've got one of those as well. But what's uh, the, what do you what is the difference? Can you explain that? It's well, I mean, first off, is it's the love pedal version so it's yeah. not exactly the same circuit but it, it's it's supposed to be a little bit higher gain give you a little bit more grit right um and i think i think i got it about the same time just because i was mm-hmm. wanting one so i picked that one up and then i ended up getting the other one and uh i still have both i just kept both of them yeah uh, too cool, too cool. Well, thank you for sharing your four on the floor. Um, it is one of our favorite things to do when we do the show, and we know it is a fan favorite as well. So you're adding to the pile. You know, several years ago, we did a, a tally on everything. And, I mean, this must have been, what, at least three years ago. It had to have been maybe even four. Maybe was it f- that long ago? Maybe it was even longer than that. Yeah, no. maybe four years. Yeah. I think we did it for a 200th episode, didn't did we? Did we? Yeah. Well, um, we tallied everything up, and we had uh, in the realm of like four, 400 pedals, three, 350, 400 pedals, I think, that we had tallied. Um, and there, oddly enough, were not tons of duplicates. So within that, I think there must have been close to maybe 300 unique pedals. Wow. It was really neat. Now, since then, it was just... it took up an like a lot of extra time yeah. because uh we had that on our website and you know it did a blog on it and the whole nine years and i'm like this is this is now a full-time <laughs> job that i'm created <laughs> that i'm not getting paid for yay so, the best kind so we cut that out but i mean since then it has to have been doubled um, yeah so maybe it's who knows at some point we'll we'll uh retally everything and yeah you know who knows? Let's do it. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's get on with uh, finding out about Cliff from Clifton Guitars. Um, now, you brought in actually two guitars that you, you make. Um, you want to give the, why don't you give your, your pitch real pitch? quick? Yeah. What, what, what are, 
Tell me about your guitars. Hey, Mr. Guitar Maker, what is this? What are these different? Why should I buy this guitar? <laughs> well, the, the big pitch is, is you know, obviously we, we are a small independent company, so we're still trying to get the name out there and get people to know who we are. So we always ask somebody, hey, have you heard of our guitars before? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, come check it out. Everything is completely hand-built. It's hand-built from rescued, reclaimed wood. Um, we use hand-wound pickups. Uh, we make everything, the body, the necks, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- the unique features of the guitars obviously are the the reclaimed rescued wood because we save all the, the knots. We save all the cracks. Uh, all the character that the guitar has, mm-hmm. we keep all that c- character. And one of the things is by using the rescued reclaimed wood, we're talking about old growth, dense wood. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about wood that gets farmed. We're not talking about wood that you, you know, go buy at Home Depot or whatever. Yeah. This is all wood that has came from somewhere, something. Mm -hmm. Um, So the guitars are completely built out of this reclaimed rescued wood, as I said. Yeah. So where, what, uh, where do you source a lot of your material from? Um, We've used, uh, you know, wood from barns that have been taken down, floor joists out of old buildings. Um, I've drug logs off the side of the freeway. <laughs> One of the guitars that are here is actually made from the side rails off an old flatbed truck. <laughs> um, I had a buddy that uh, had this old farmhouse in his... Uh, it was just a ranch farmhouse, and the plaster ceiling was cracking. And we went up in the attic, and there was all this maple and walnut just up in the attic, wow. just drying. Wow. Who knows how long it had been there. Yeah. So, That's cool. Now, um, uh, so aside from that being old growth, you have um, – you. I know that you – uh, have an affinity for something else that seems to find its way into elements of your design or, you know, the the way that you are putting these together. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's hot rods and classic cars. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I mean, my dad was a mechanic for 50 years, so I grew up around hot rods and classic cars. So all the elements come from that classic car, that hot rod kind of feel. Um, the names that of the models of the guitars all come from car engines. I mean, we have the Flathead, we've got the Cleveland, the Windsor, the Slant 6, the Wedge. These are all engines that came in classic cars um, with our, our pedal. I mean, the pedal is called the Torque Converter, which is part of the transmission of the car and the, the amps that we're coming out with now are the power glide which is a gm two-speed mm-hmm. transmission so it's all geared around you know that vintage kind of look the the uh muscle car kind of look now um does does the reclaimed wood because you were telling me a little about your um you know your per- what you do on a for, as a professional uh-huh. how much of that comes into um what you're what you're doing on a daily basis uh not really much i mean okay. i keep it kind of cuz <laughs> i was way off <laughs> well no 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 i i, I see where you're going cuz i mean i i i'm i'm a building inspector by trade so 
you know, I can't really go up to a job site that's renovating a building, do the inspections and go, hey, by the way, can I have this wood that you just cut up? You know, <laughs> oh, you can can't? I get Why no, 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 <laughs> no, because people look at that as an improper source, uh, you know, so there's some Ohio ethics okay. in there. But now what? Ohio has ethics. Yeah. <laughs> but now if. If I see the laborers or whatever taking this wood and throwing it out in the dumpster, well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me going dumpster diving on my own time. Right, right. Um, but but a lot of it is is uh, I mean I work in Columbus, so obviously Columbus is off limits. So a lot of it comes from outside of Columbus or um, just other people that I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had. Uh, um, a, a, a guy that I know, a contractor buddy of mine that bought this old uh, work truck. And when he went to pick up the work truck, the guy's like, hey, you can have the truck and everything goes in it. I'm not cleaning it out. And he's like, well, you're not cleaning it out. What does this mean? And he goes, I'm not cleaning the truck out. So he got the truck and took it to his shop and the entire bed is full of walnut. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and he's like, I have no use for this. So we start taking all the walnut and putting it in my truck and underneath the walnut was two, no, three slabs of live edge chestnut, which you can't find chestnut anywhere. Mm. So again, this is all old growth, mature wood. Indigenous to Ohio. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, that's very cool. Yep. Um, I've had uh, guys come up to me at guitar shows and they're like, hey, I got these logs in my truck. Do you want them? And I'll go after the guitar show and go check out the logs. Sure. <laughs> and then there's a mill in uh, Marysville, Ohio, that I'll take the logs and he mills them, dries them to my specifications, and we turn them into guitars. That's so cool. from a log to a guitar. Yeah. Well, in, in something you mentioned, you know, the, the knots and the cracks and all that stuff is that um, I, I imagine you, you look to these pieces of wood to try to find some of these uh, imperfections uh, or natural occurring uh, figuring. Th- figuring. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I'm, I'll be your brain. That, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, how much how much do you spend time-wise and just effort-wise in, in trying to find, like, you could have a, a piece of amazing wood that doesn't have any anomalies in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you still use it, or do you only go after the stuff that has some funky bits to it? No, nah, we we use it all. I mean, there's there's been guitars that we've built that have had no defects in the wood, but it has really cool grain patterns or swirls or whatnot. I mean, because like you know, everybody knows about tiger maple, curly maple, and you know, quilted maple and all that, those are really anomalies in the wood that mm-hmm. things that have happened as they're grown. funguses. Yeah. And it's actually like bad stuff. Yeah. And you makes... don't really know that until you cut the tree down and right. find it. So, I mean, that's the same thing we do. It's just we're not looking for those really cool things that most people call pretty. We're looking for all the different kind of craziness that's yeah. in there. Like uh, the one guitar that has the big crack that has a little bit of yellow on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that you brought, not the one that you made. Or, or well, like, both. Well, you made. It's here. I just want to make it clear. It's like 
you didn't make two guitars and that's the end of your story. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. The one that I... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this one guitar that we built <laughs> that we're still trying to... <laughs> No, it's actually, um, it's a wood that's called box elder, and it's a type of maple that these box elder bugs get in. Right. And somehow through whatever they do, it makes these red and tan streaks all through the wood. And on the one guitar that I brought, <laughs> the neck of the guitar actually has this string streaking up through it that looks like flames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like on a hot rod, I, like yeah. an old muscle car. I wonder if that's because the box elder bugs are flame orange and, and black. Yes. I wonder if it has anything to do with like if them getting in and crawling around and like scuffing or getting squished or something like that. Yeah. They're spit. They're spit. Box elder spit. It, what's weird is, at least here and, and actually, in, I believe, if I recall correctly, we got these in, in Minnesota too, but... I'm trying to think. There's one particular time during the year where it's just like you're just pumping gas, and they're like there are box elders all over the gas pumps and everything. You're like, well, they're here. It's like migration season. Yeah, yeah. It's no. it's kind of wild. Um, so let, let's talk about um, how did you fall into this? Well, it's something that we kind of started alluding to in the beginning that, you know, when you start playing guitar, you learn how to play guitar and you start getting better at playing guitar and you want better guitars, but your income doesn't always follow that pattern. So you can't always buy better guitars. Well, I mean, as a carpenter by trade, so, you know, just had kind of an epiphany one day that, hey, guitars are made out of wood. I'm a carpenter. (laughs) I make stuff out of wood. Why can't I build a guitar? Yeah. So um, so I went to one of these places that you can go and buy firewood. And I just went into the office. I'm like, hey, can I buy a log? And the lady looked at me like I was an alien. <laughs> She's like, just a log. I said, yeah, just a log. She goes, you don't want like... A cord of wood or what? And she says, "I'm like, no, I just want a log." And she just, just go over there and get something. Just get it. I can't be bothered. Take it. Yeah. (laughs) So I went over, got a log, got my chainsaw, and sliced it up into pieces and turned it into a guitar body. Mm. And at that time, I was buying guitar necks. You know, and just building a body. Built, we started building a few bodies. And then uh, there's a local guitar repair guy that also builds guitars, Dave Bush. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd talk to him about the guitars and show him, you know, what I was doing and stuff. And he's like, man, you need to make the next. That's where all the fun is. And I'm like... That's the scary part. <laughs> yes, Fun, it huh? is the scary yeah. part. <laughs> but but he, I mean, he showed me what to do. He started out slotting my fretboards for me, and then I built everything else. And then, you know, I went from there and started building the entire guitar. Um, and this actually evolved into something that uh, my son and I could do together just to hang out. You know, just a Thursday night thing, hanging out. And we ended up getting a few guitars on the wall. And it's like, Dad, what are we going to do with these? (laughs) And I'm like, 
know, we can see if other people like them, I guess. And we started taking them to guitar shows and people started really digging them that, you know, something different, unique, mm-hmm. uh, quality made, quality components, good feel. And we just keep building them. Awesome. That's, that's cool. very, that's, that's super cool. I, I, uh, appreciate also that you, you know, it's something that you were able to get, you know, time with your son to be able to do. I yeah. think that's, that's pretty rare and, and important in life. Oh yeah. Very, what, yeah. What, what kind of finishes are you using? Well, they, most of the, the colors that we use are just tint bases like you can get from Stumac or whatever for the mm-hmm. different colors. And because this is a home-based business and I don't have like a paint booth or anything, mm-hmm. so I'm not spraying lacquer. I actually use, it's a uh, water-based product mm-hmm. that uh, it's called Verithane. Oh, okay. It's a yeah. water-based acrylic urethane, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I spray it on with a spray gun. It goes on real nice and smooth. It uh, easy to work with. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of fumes. That's good. And it, you were talking about the, you know, the cool yellow patina. Well, unfortunately, this doesn't yellow. There's no paraffin and no oil in it, so right. it'll stay clear forever. Which, I mean, the point of your guitarist, you know, largely is that you have this really amazing wood that you're using. Mm-hmm. So getting in the way of that, not necessarily always the best idea if you've got like this amazing wood and then you're like hey i want to paint it black <laughs> yeah which, which i've had people call up and go hey you know do you do custom guitars and i'm like well that's all we do is custom <laughs> yeah. guitars okay well this is what i want i want a 1959 fender body with a 73 neck i want it painted bright orange and i'm like slow down yeah. <laughs> like we, we don't Not your guy. <laughs> we don't duplicate guitars and we don't paint anything. I mean, this is all I mean, we want to be able to see the grain. We want yeah. to be able to see yeah. all the the character of the wood. We don't yeah. we don't cover it up. Yeah. I mean, it is a very woody guitar. It looks like a tree with a bunch of metal on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, and I say that it, it, not as uh it, it, in a, in a way that is like you're really honoring the wood that you're mm-hmm. using. That's how I meant it, mean that to come across, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got <laughs> I don't it. know that it did, right? No. <laughs> He's got a shiv. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I came back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's one of the cool the cool things about it, too, is is that as a guitar player, you know, you want to get that nice, better guitar, and you end up saving your money and you go out and get your first Les Paul, you get your, you know, your first PRS, you spend, you know, a couple, two, three grand on it, but you're still taking your $300 guitar out the gigs because you don't want anybody to bang it, ding it, dent it. Our guitars are already banged, dinged, and dented, so it doesn't matter. So yeah. we really gear the guitars for the working musician, something right. that... Quality guitar at affordable price that you're not afraid to take out and gig with. Mm-hmm. These aren't backbreakers either. I, I was huh. really pleasantly surprised. I mean, they're they're really uh, well balanced and lightweight. Um, is that is that a selfish design thing that you did? Just as far as like, hey, I want something that's going to be really lightweight and slim, and or or do you 
do you cater to you know all the thicknesses in in the world <laughs> like how do you approach that it, it, it's a it's a little both okay i mean obviously you know we've all owned less pauls and regretted at the end of the night <laughs> yeah um but with it being that that old growth dense wood you, you can get that yeah thicker tone without having to have thicker bodies right um and sometimes it's just a matter of you know working with the wood and it's kind of kind of cliche to say that the wood talks to us but but it kind of does because there's times you start working on it and it's like oh well this is kind of a really soft part we need to get this out of here and you know, this is a part that's probably got a little bit too much damage, so we need to get it out of here. And it ends up a little thinner. But um, we've built heavier guitars. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guitarist, Gary Buck in Cincinnati, that uh, wanted a real custom guitar. I mean, this one, 24 frets, stainless steel, Floyd Rose, wanted an EVH uh, Wolfgang pickup in it. And the wood that he picked was box elder and pear. Hmm. So, hmm. I mean, this thing what, rivals... What is the characteristic of pear? As far as, like, color-wise? Color, figuring, tonality, tone, what the... Um, color and figuring, it was, it was almost like a, like a pinkish kind of. Oh. Um, and it's, it's similar to maple... As far as figuring, but it's stinking heavy. Mm. I mean, this this thing rivaled a, re a Les Paul, <laughs> and then and then you throw a you know a, a, a Goto Floyd there, Rose yeah. on it and mm -hmm. stainless steel frets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad that uh, he plays mostly sitting down on studio stuff because this mm. is a heavy guitar. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we can build it out of something that's heavy. We can make them thicker. Um, you know, some some components, you're going to have to make them thicker. I mean, if you're looking at, like, a five-way blade, I mean, it's going to have to be an inch and a half thick to be able to accommodate that. Right, right. But, you know, we've gone as thin as an inch and a quarter mm. with the body and be able to get all the electronics and everything in it. And, and maintain the tone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So let me ask you this. Uh, what guitars do you take with you when you play live? What guitars do I... I take my guitars with me. <laughs> Come on. That was a trick question. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because you talked about, hey, you know, what What did you sell that you'd like to get back? I still have my original 96 American Standard Strat with the matching colored headstock in, I think it was the last year of the Seafoam Green. Mm -hmm. And it just hangs on the wall. Yeah. It's just wall decoration because... I play my guitar. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's and, fair. And a funny little story about that is we we were building guitars, and me and my son would do the guitar shows, and I'd get a guitar done, and I'm like, man, I really like this guitar. <laughs> and then, you know, get another one, I really like this guitar. And finally, my son's like, look, you need to build you two guitars for you. Stop bringing the guitars that you like to the show because I'm going to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> so I built myself two guitars. Nice. You, you earned it. You earned yeah. it. Yeah, that's cool. Now, aside from guitars, you're uh, venturing out into the um, uh, other sounds as far yes. as things that uh, can come from pedals. 
yes. uh, as we were mentioning in the four on the floor and, and uh, Tony loosely referred to uh, something with four cables. We're looking at that pedal in front of us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this, what, what we developed in uh, partnership with one of the guys from Thimble Wasp is the torque converter overdrive. Um, what makes it unique is this is an overdrive and a reverb, a plate-type reverb in one enclosure. Um, it comes with, as you alluded to, the four jacks, so it has an integrated effects loop. So you can actually use it as two completely independent pedals, mm -hmm. or you can use them together. Um, you can place other pedals in between the overdrive and the reverb, or you can run the reverb through the effects loop and the overdrive in front of the amp. Um, so that you could, as, yeah. uh, in effect, that could be a single pedal for a show. Or yes. you could use it in conjunction with your 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 other pedals. Yeah, and, and again, looking at gearing things for, like, the working musician, one of the brainchilds of the, of the pedal was... What what can we put together that if you get a last minute call, hey, can you fill in on this gig? What can you grab and go and use? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you can pretty much get through any gig with an overdrive and a reverb. Yeah. And a lot of these amps coming out now, especially the lower wattage amps, they're not putting reverb in them. Yeah. So you're just getting an amp with nothing. Well, that's another important factor. Why don't you tell us, you, you mentioned the lower wattage amps. Um yeah, so this this particular pedal, um, when you know, if we, if we think back to you know the the Ibanez Tube Screamers and the Proco Rat and and even the Klon, mm -hmm. um, these were all you know pretty much developed on high wattage amps. I mean, you're talking fifty, sixty, five hundred watt amps. This was actually developed on a low wattage amp. It was actually developed on using a Epiphone Valve Junior. So it works really well with low wattage to be able to... And that's to, like a 5 watt amp, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it pushes a low wattage amp really good, and you can still use it on you know, a higher wattage amp. Um, it plays well with others. Um, it works even well with uh, high gain amps. Um, when... When I talked with them about developing this pedal, there were two things that I specifically wanted to have. One is the pedal had to be dead quiet. It had to be usable to be able to use it like in a studio setting. And two is I wanted the knobs to be completely usable, whether they're turned all the way up or all the way down. The overdrive on here, you can actually take the gain, the voice, and the tone and completely dime them, and the pedal is still usable. You can turn the clean, the gain, or the gain, the voice, and the tone completely down and bring the volume up, and it becomes a clean boost. Mm -hmm. So the, the knobs are completely usable. You don't get to about 2 o'clock and then start getting all yeah. flubbiness. Yeah. What are you looking at there, Tony? I just Tony, I took the bat. Cliff was looking at me he's nervously the, as I was. Yeah. I lie. He's going person. under the hood. I'm going yeah. under the hood. So <laughs> what I see is an Accutronics uh, digital reverb chip, which yeah. is a, that's that's, that's the you, belt and brick. Yeah, and that one is uh, you know it's used in 
many, many reverb units, yeah. which is cool. But it's a very, very nice layout on the inside. And, and it's it is not a clone of something else. It's not uh, development of something else. So how would you describe the overdrive portion of it? it it's, a, it's a low to medium gain overdrive. It's, it's real amp-like. I mean, it's... The, the overdrive is, there's a JFET is what's used for the overdrive, so it gives you that really amp-like like amp -like overdrive. Um, you it, Again, like I said, if, if you crank the voice and the gain all the way up, you can get to almost a distortion, but not, you know, not like a martially distortion, but it's, it's going to get pretty gainy. Um, the voice on it is is kind of like a high mid boost, but it also does affect the gain. Um, the volume does not affect the gain circuit. So you set the gain and then bring the volume up. It's not going to give you more gain. It's, That's good. It's just going to give you more volume. Um, and the tone has a really good sweep to it. Like I said, you can you can put it to zero to ten. And it's still usable. I think that's important because you know a lot. Of, some pedals you get and you, you know you go above twelve o'clock and they start just becoming pretty much useless. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like that microphone on the side of your face. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Todd. It's, it's all right. I'll let it, I'll let it slide. I won't be allowed to do yeah. the next podcast. Uh, so that's cool. So <laughs> is this taking? Uh, how's this affecting the, your your time with your builds and everything right now? Well, uh, because I'm working with an actual pedal builder that's building it for us, and right. then we're we're marketing it and you know putting our name on it. Um, I can focus on the guitars, and we can still produce the pedals. Right. So the overdrive, the torque converter overdrive pedal retails for two thirty nine. Solid. Okay. Solid. Yeah. I mean, for a two in one pedal, that's that's yeah. especially with uh, effects and effects, effects loop, loop and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard to find an overdrive pedal for less than two hundred dollars anyway. Right. Yeah. And you're getting another pedal in with this. And we even give you a really cool box with a sticker and a and a Clifton Guitar Works card in it. <laughs> oh man! Oh, That's this some is serious case candy. <laughs> and and it is, it is really spectacularly colored purple bubble wrap. Oh no, I'm sorry, pink bubble wrap. Ooh. pink bubble wow. wrap. All right. Yeah. That's uh, that is enticing. Uh, how about uh, let's talk about your guitars? I mean, obviously yes. you. You're you're not just making twenty of these and they sit on a rack and then somebody grabs them and yeah. Like, where are you at as far as price goes on your guitars? The the base price of the guitar is going to be fifteen ninety nine. That does come with a hard shell case and we throw in some really cool uh, case candy. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I've worked with the original Queen guitar picks and we have actually came out with our own coin guitar pick that mm. uh, comes with the guitar nice um so it's 15.99 for like i said the base model and then we have the hybrid that has the ghost pickup system so you've got the acoustic electric hybrid and those are 23.99 okay again Solid. comes with a hard shell case and the case candy right on and then for all the other particulars that come into play if you want something kind of special like you know xyz hardware or the kind of yeah, you know, anything like that. Um, and you have you been? Ex what what, what kind of pickups wise? Where are you at with these? 
Um, all custom wound stuff. We use uh, a small company out of Kentucky called Spicer Pickups, and then another local company right here, Brandon Wound oh, Pickups. Yeah, we've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, heard of them once or twice. Yeah. So, so we work with Brandon Wound on on winding some pickups for us. Right. And again, we we like to use smaller, you know, not huge companies, but still kind of big companies. So we've uh, uh, we work with Graph Tech as well. So that's where we get the ghost pickup system. We've been using their ratio tuning keys, which each one of the tuning keys is geared specifically to the string. Oh, that's cool. Um, we can use their uh, their tusk nuts, um, pretty much anything that they offer we can get and put in the guitar. Right on. Fantastic. Well, uh, Cliff, it's been really cool hearing about all of the neato stuff that you're making and i love the fact that you know almost everything you mentioned so far on the show is is indigenous to ohio yes that's really cool um uh you know i think that is a unique aspect that you're able to offer you know mm -hmm. instead of just this stuff came from everywhere you know mm -hmm. yeah and we've even i mean i've got uh, a guy right now that uh, we're building a guitar for him and it's it's wood that he got from his property. Oh, that's neat. You know, so if you've got wood that, you know, from your grandpa's barn or, you know, wood that you found in your house or, you know, whatnot, um, we can do that. We've also, um, this isn't something that was massively publicized, um, but I actually got one of the floor joists from the stage at the Al Rosa Villa. Oh, wow. And I've built a guitar out of that, and I think I've got enough of that floor joist to build two more guitars. Wow. So Al Rosa, you know, it, it, a lot of people, because of the tragedy that happened Al Rosa, and it happened, you know, so recently, we'll say, um, a lot of people don't really know how much history there is in Al Rosa, how many bands went through there. I mean, how many, I mean, we're talking national touring bands that when they came through the Midwest, they would play at the Al Rosa. Yeah. Um, and, and we really wanted to kind of immortalize that history, the, the good that, that Al Rosa brought to the music industry and brought to the music in Columbus mm -hmm. and using the wood from the floor joist from that stage, you know, we can use that in the guitar and like I said, just kind of and, and honor the good things that yes. came out of that, not the tragedy with, with uh, Dimebag. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, cool. That is, that's a neat thing. I appreciate you sharing that. Mm. Um, and just to note the, uh, Elvarosa has been leveled. Yes. yes. It is no longer. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for sharing all of this awesomeness, uh, your, you know, your background and, and all the cool things you're making and the, the fact that you have some meaning and stories behind it is extra, extra delightful. Um, we are going to up in the El Camino uh, while Jared is away. And, um, <laughs> are we going to crash his place? Uh, yeah, we might. Let's throw some cans on his front I yard. No, I have an idea. What's that? We can put a for sale sign at his <laughs> new house. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> then he can move back here. That makes more sense, Jared. Yes. Uh, all right. We've got a fantastic um, Would You Rather. Okay. Are you going to sing it, Todd? I will. Okay. If you... Could Can you? I do it? Yeah. Would you? 
Could you? Would you rather? Panning, panning, panning. That sounded kind of like Bill Murray. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right, this is from Cosmic Evan, a.k.a. Pedal Junkie. Okay, now bear with me, everybody. He took the time to, to do this, so okay. I want to honor it. Honor it. So you're walking down the street. <laughs> you have $500 in your pocket from a recent unexpected financial windfall. Woo. For one reason or another, this is your gear budget for the foreseeable future. And you were on your way to your local music store to spend it on some frivolous nonsense because gear funds in your pocket might as well be hot coal. Mm. True. Yes. <laughs> That's, that is absolute fact, Been especially there. with me. <laughs> uh, it is a beautiful day in Anywhere USA where you live, so you decide to walk to the guitar shop and walk off some of that cheesesteak you enjoy to celebrate your financial good fortune and also to help air out some of that grease smell on your clothes to avoid any questioning from the missus you, uh, that you get about another heart-attacking-inducing uh, you-only-live-once lunch. I think that for Jared. Um, <laughs> you stumble upon a garage sale. As they are setting up. I love garage sales. I do. As well. Uh, you notice that they are putting out some music gear. So you walk over to take a closer look. Shocker of all shockers. You see a piece of gear you have been searching for and have had uh, been an, unable to find at any price. There it is, being put on the table. But price double what it should sell for. And what you wanted it to get to wanted to get it for with a price tag of exactly the $500 you have in your pocket, snatching up the full 500 you have and eliminating any chances of quelling your insatiable gas. Not Tony's gas. But Is that from the cheesesteak? Yeah. yeah. Uh, gear acquisition syndrome on anything else. You did have your heart set on exploring one of the multitudes of crazy delay machines recently released, or maybe that's just the author, he says. You also see a, the garage seller put out a vintage closet classic of some gear that you could care less about, but you are certain that it's definitely worth thousands. Your $500 will easily double or triple within the week if you buy this closet classic and relist it on the selling platform of your choice. The seller turns to you and notes that you are eyeing the music gear and asks if you are one of the three guys who called asking about the music gear that was for sale. You say, no. And the seller says, well, it's your lucky day. This stuff has to go, and I know of a few collectors of this garbage who are on their way. I said, cash is king, and I hold nothing. So buy it all if you want, but, these, but all these prices are firm on the music mm. garbage. As such... You know in your heart of hearts that you only have one shot to buy one, and whichever you buy, someone will surely snatch up the other since the garage sale is due to officially start in 25 minutes. And remember, you walked here, so you can't get to an ATM and back in time to get anything. And the seller said, cash is king. I hold nothing. So you can only buy one. Which do you buy? The overpriced buy double pedal you've always wanted that even on its worst day sells for no more than $250. Mm. But here is $500. Ouch. Or, 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 or <laughs> the closet classic that you'll insta-sell for $1,000 to ah. $1,500. Currently marked also at the $500 price of what's in your pocket. 
That is a fantastically long lead up to this question. Mm. <laughs> but it's a very good question. So hopefully everybody's following along and remembered what we what show this is. So you got five hundred bucks <laughs> five hundred bucks to spend. Yes. You have there's one item that really ought to be two hundred and fifty, but the guy says price is firm. Price is firm. Five hundred bucks. You're you you're probably gonna lose money on it. Or or and it's something, the first thing is something you always want. Yes, you've been looking for it for ages. Or, or there's another piece. That of, you don't necessarily want, but you know you can flip. You can flip for double, maybe Twice even. Twice to three times the price. Two to three times. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. That is a very, very good question. Yep. Thank you, Cosmic Evan, for sending this delightfully long uh, Would You Rather in. This was yes. fun. Okay, we're gonna check in uh, with Tanya, and well, then and then head over to Cliff and see well, what he has. First of all, Todd, yes. let me thank you for reading that. You're welcome. Yeah, that was well done. Thank you. And I actually liked your song at the beginning too. <laughs> I think I liked it better than what Jared can. I know they can't replace Jared. Anyways, <laughs> say the thing, do the things. Let's go. Uh, I never pay tw- more than than I should for something. Yeah, I mean, I'm always oh crap. You've what? There's things. There's things. There are not things. There's things. I've seen things. I always I always try to get a good bargain. You try, yes. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like there are a couple of times you've uh, you're pretty good at that. Okay, I read I redact that. Redact that. I it's redacted. Take it back. I've taken it back. Take it back. I I resemble that remark. Yes, I got a gift card. Go. <laughs> uh I mean to me this is a no brainer. If you can if you find something at a yard sale that you can double, maybe triple your money. That's you do it. that's the way to do it. Now you got a thousand bucks or maybe fifteen hundred bucks in your pocket and you can go somewhere else and get something that you really want. Right. You may not be able to ever find this pedal again though. Well it could be an OG Zen drive. Mmm. Well, or it's be. not because it's only two hundred fifty dollars. So well. yeah, I redact that too. Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's what I'm sticking with. I'd rather I'd rather get the bargain and uh Try to make a little extra scratch. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Cliff, how about yourself? This is a toughie. It really is. Because when you started this all out, you said this is like an extra $500 that just came from somewhere. Yes. So. But the thing is, when you're in that mind and you yes. have major gas, it it's not something that it, it's like you have to spend it. Yes. It's, I mean, you're, you're going to spend it, but it's not like, you know, you're taking money out of your daily right. cash. It's just stuff you found, right? whatnot, or, you know, maybe you sold something else and got yep. this extra yeah. money. But, I mean, I, I do kind of agree with Tony that, I mean, you've got this pedal that you really, really want, but do you really, really want to pay double for it? That's That's the hard part. Um, the the other part that makes it hard for me is yes you can buy this this other thing and turn around and sell it but do I really have the time to turn around and right. sell it is the hard yeah, part yeah and there's all, there's no guarantee you know? yeah but chances are so if you oh man I'm really I'm really torn because uh, usually if there's something that I want I've been waiting a long time and I've really got my heart set on it. Yes. And if this is 
you know, 500 bucks that I didn't have, you know, to make it easier to get that pedal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's why this is called Would You Rather? Yes. But I think I would still have to go with Tony. Yes. Bargain. Right. I still think I'd bargain still have to hunters go with Tony. for the bargain. I, I dig you it. know, still got to be. Still got to be a good steward with that money that you've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to answer for Jared. It's 100% he's going to buy the thing that he really wants. He really wants because we've seen him do that multiple times. <laughs> like, we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> At he's multiple like, guitar well, I shows. Want it. I'm going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to join him because hmm. I have come to the realization in my life that if, if I, I get locked into something, I'm going to get it. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And if it's sitting in front of me and I let it go, I know how much I will just, it will gnaw at me. And that's that, not worth the price. That regret. I, I would rather have it in hand and go, well, I've made a dumb decision than say, oh, I could have had the thing. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm doing with. So Jared and I can hang out on his front porch and have lemonade. All right. Uh, Tony. You got to say, Abe, thank you again yes. to, uh, to Cosmic M for sending that in. We would love to hear your would you rathers. Please send them our way. Absolutely. Long or short. All right. Tanya, go ahead. Okay, Todd. Well, at this point of the show, there's a special group of people we love to thank. These folks help make this podcast possible. Now, we call them our executive producers, but they're much, much more than that. They're... Our fairy godparents. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. You like that one? Yeah. yeah. We'll roll with that today. Okay. Today. That's today's thing. So uh, you might be wondering how you can become an executive producer. Very simple. Go over to uh, patreon.com. Almost said pickguardian.com. Patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And check out a couple different levels in which you can participate to become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Indeed. There are some very nice thank you gifts that you get for becoming a sponsor and a patron. But there's one thing more. Well, you also get access to 270 episodes all at well over an hour. Yes. uh, To your heart's content. Right. For free. Well, yes. So there's well, that's that. got to be worth something. That's worth something. But there's one thing more. In addition to all the great stuff, the thank you gifts, the access to the podcast catalog. Oh, what is it? Well, you get to have your name right on the thing. Your name right on the thing. Thanks, Jared. Mm-hmm. We didn't even think you were here. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, I would like to thank, we'd all like to thank these special executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, Drew Lopez, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? Oh. What? 
I did it in the lower key, lower key this time. Yeah, no, I got to keep got going. It. Okay, thanks, Todd. David Poe, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, and Stuart George, all the way from Wales. Oh. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. Hey, Todd. Yes? There's more. Because we have a special group of executive producers. We call them our Grand Poobas. These folks have a fez to place upon their head, sometimes upon their hat, but sometimes upon their head. And they must wear the fez while listening to the podcast. Indeed. It's the law. So special, special thanks to these grand poobas, Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups. We talked about them earlier. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi. Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik from 12th Hour Devices, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Amazing. And yes. Eddie and Eddie Serratos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. That is uh, really, really fantastic. Um, I have deduced, by the way. Yes. That if you decided to, mm-hmm. you could potentially drive from Guitar Center in Hollywood mm-hmm. to... Um, uh, Iowa, we'll say I- Iowa, and and uh, listen to our show the entire time. Why would you would go to Iowa? From, I, I'm just saying. I'm, I mean, or, uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll say we'll say we'll get you from Guitar Center uh, in in Los Angeles to the Arch in St. Louis, Missouri. Two hundred seventy hours, and then some. You're assuming nine hundred and eleven hours. Nine hundred and eleven hours. That's nine hundred and eleven hours. Is that right? That can't be right. That's I've done my math very poorly. <laughs> nine hundred and eleven hours. I, I figured it to be fourteen hundred miles. Okay. I need to go back and fire I think my. You, I, think you need, I think you need. How slow your calculator are you driving? At sixty-five. At, at 65 miles an hour, I did the I did the math. I did 270. Yeah. Uh, times 75, which is roughly the, um, average. the average minutes of our show. And that's how many minutes? I, well, I I've closed my calculator, but then I <laughs> then I divided that by 65. Yeah. And that's that, that's miles. 65 miles per hour. Right. You can go 65 right. so miles then I got, in an hour. Right. I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> Anyways, hey, where can people find your stuff, Cliff? <laughs> CliftonGuitarWorks.com. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Perfect. And give them a call to get some good gear. Yeah, call call on the phone. Right on. Tony? Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wares that I have available for sale. Uh, by and large, what I do is custom work, so shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do. Who knows? I might even have some advice for you, but I'll take very good care of you. That is true, and you have some fantastic materials. 
You can email me, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can DM me and by way of me, us, of the show, uh, on Instagram, at guitarnobs. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, share whatever you're thinking. Give us a would you rather. We would adore that. Thank mm. you so much. And thank you all for listening. Um, oh, also, please go check out my band, The Valentinos. You, oh. I, I think you'll uh, really dig it. It's some good uh, hard-driving rock and roll and stuff. Also, at The Valentinos on Instagram. Shameless plug. Not so shameless. <laughs> Have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe! Yo! You want me just to wing, wing it? it? You want me to wing well, it? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's how it works, maybe. Baby. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Or the closet classic that you'll sell instant, instantly, instantaneously. No way. Hang on. Closet classic that you'll insta. Or the closet classic that you'll insta sell. Uh. Or. So, so you're gonna sell it, but what you buy it for? Hang on. So you got five hundred. Oh, I see. I see what happened. Or the closet classic. Let me just start this part over. Okay, because it repeats it. I got it. We're all gold now. Hang on. I got it. I got this, man. I can do this. It's going to be amazing. I haven't, I haven't lost a beat here. I'm not going to do it. So you're going 1,400 miles. Well, no, I don't know how many miles I'm going. So I'm trying to figure out how many miles we can go. All right. So you've well, got if you could, how many, how many 270 hours? episodes. So 270. So 270. 270 episodes. Times. Times. Okay. If you're 70 going 75 minutes. minutes. So that's 20,250 minutes. Yes. Hang uh, on. Divide that divide by, that by 60. 60. That's what I did. And you get what? 330, 330 wow I really didn't 337 right. hours 337 hours okay so now take 337 and multiply it by 65 that's what I did with no, a different number you divided number. it by 65 so and I got you end up with almost 22,000 that'll get us to what 22,000 miles yes yes because you can go 65 miles in an hour right and from so, so if you have 200 and some hours yeah 22,000 miles? 22,000 miles. So let's see, 22,000. That's going to get you around the earth a few times. I like that. Or. <laughs> or. Or, or we, could, we go could. back and forth from. Hang on. From Alaska to 21,937 miles. So from, uh, from Guitar Center on Sunset to the Empire State Building is 2,800 miles. Okay. Okay. So how many times can you go back and forth? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, Probably like 10 times. So so that's divided so according by... According to this, from Los Angeles to New York City is 42 hours. Yes. Hang on. Uh, divided by 2,800 equals... So you could go... You could go back and forth from Guitar Center to the Empire State Building about eight times. Well, you have to divide that in half if you're going back and forth, because that's just one way. It's 2,000 miles one way, right? He's right, but he's killing me. <laughs> so divide, put that in half. So you could go... Back and forth four times? Round trip from, from uh, L.A. to Empire State Building 
about four times. And your and, n- brain and never will hear explode. a repeat. That's fucking awesome. And your brain will explode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or, or so, but, <laughs> but then we have to figure out. So you could how long? What's the worst circumference of the Earth? Oh my goodness. Tony, you can do it. That's a lot. Hey, Siri, what is the circumference of the Earth? The answer I found is 24,901 miles. You can almost almost go all the way around. He's going to be up all night. I am. Well, if you think about that... He's going to be pacing. If you think about that, you could go from... You could go from... You could drive from... You're not going to drive across the you, ocean. Yeah, well, you can. You could drive from New York to Tokyo. Farther than that. Yes. To, if you can almost, if you can almost get completely around. Maybe via via Australia. Well, let's. I, so I you could, I don't want to cramp your brain too much, but you know, it's a circle like right, this. Right. Right. Yes. So if you're like at latitude 1650, you may be able to get all the way around. So you could you could you could go from Columbus to to New York the other way. Yes. You could go to from Columbus to <laughs> No, you could you could yes. go to New York. You could drive from New York to Columbus via Europe and Asia. Yes. <laughs> That's I'm trying to figure out a clever way to put this. I like that way. Or you, you can say you can you can go from Columbus to New York using the most scenic route possible. Yes. The most indirect way. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That is messed up. Now it's Tony you throw me off. You could go from Columbus <clears throat> To New York by only driving west. Yes, or left. <laughs> no, because if you're going south, you're gonna go right. He, he, he is just he's say as bad west. With, he's as bad with directions as he is with math. Just say west. You can take the western route. Go west, young man. You can take the western yes. route. Head from towards Columbus Japan to, to get to to get to New York. And you would from well, you could leave Columbus, go through Albuquerque, head to Japan, Mexico. go through Albuquerque all the way to Japan, through all the Azikstans and in the stands and all the and and all the Ermines and everything. <laughs> like, you could you can make a wrong turn in Albuquerque. And you could there. yes, I like this. I like this plan. I like this plan. Almost all the way around the world. That's remarkable. That's really cool. Damn it. Now, if you break the speed limit, you can make it. I have 65 the whole way, according to this. If you now, if we drove faster, if you drove we could go all the way around. No, we can't. Can we? Yeah. Yeah, 75, because you're almost there. All right. So what is that at 80? If you could do 75 miles an hour, it's 10 miles an hour faster. Yeah. Times however many hours we decided it was, 340-something At 75 hours. miles an hour. You could pass through New York. Well, maybe let's drop it to 70. At 70 miles an hour. Stay off the Audubon. So 21,000 hours is what we have? Well, it was 24,000. 
270. Miles all the way around, right, isn't it? And Times at 65, we were saying 22,000 miles. Yeah, 22,000 miles. So, but we have 20,000 hours. No. There was 20, we had 22,000. Oh, divided we by. We could go 22,000 miles at 65 miles an hour. So if we bumped it so to So let's take it back. 70, divided by 337 hours. 337 hours times 75. That's 25,312. You'll go, right. you'll go, pa- you'll go you'll, right past. You'll you can right. actually say you can go all the way around and still stop and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's pretty rad. You can 75 stop, miles you can, an hour. You can stop and do number one and then stop again and do number two. Yeah. I think I'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've determined we can, at driving... 70 miles an hour. 70 miles an hour. And I bet if we shaved it and just said, hey, let's put on cruise control at like 73, they would almost hit dead on anywhere on anywhere on the, the on the equator. It'd have to be more like 67 miles an hour and you'll get right there. 68 miles an hour. Just, you know, wind. 68 miles an hour. You could drive from one point on the equator and go all the way around and never repeat an episode. There you go. That's freaking cool. You got it. Thanks to all those who have helped make that happen. Maybe. A spacecraft travels 8,000 miles an hour. I don't know. What kind of spacecraft? Is this like Daffy Duck's space aircraft? NASA. NASA. SpaceX. So according to the Google... Yeah. It says it takes about three days, three days to get to the moon. To get to the moon. That's running pretty fast. That's, that's yeah. That's okay. Just say it's about 24,000 miles. Okay. So that's to, to get or there. And then, miles. and then get back. That's six days. So six days. Six days, 24, 24 hours 24 per hours. day. Yeah. Still yes. 24 hours per day, except for leap year. Right. Um, so as a who? 132. It is 144. 144. So plenty of episodes for a wow. Space trip. That's so you could go twice. I'm gonna do my math. You could go more than twice. Because you're going really fast. <laughs> yes, you could. You could go round trip to the moon. What? If you go fast enough, you can actually turn back time, because as you approach the speed of light, time starts to to slow down and eventually we'll run backwards. Cher would be very happy to hear this. If I could turn back time. No, okay, I, so three I, times to Albert the moon Einstein. and back. Three times to the moon and back? Do I hear a four? Time does slow down when they're going that fast, even though it's not as fast as approaching the speed of light. Okay. But their, so roughly... Watches, astronauts' watches... Right, uh, so Elon could roughly make three trips to the moon. You yeah. give or take some, you know, yeah, and never listen to the same episode twice. He could go to the dark side of the moon. He could. He could wing it all the way around, get slingshot, just like they did in... Apollo 13. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty neat, too. So, would you rather go to the moon three times and back, or go all the way around the equator? Mm. Ooh, sub would you rather. Tony. Uh Moon. Really? I'd rather go to the moon. Three times? Three times. It's black. 
There's nothing. No, there's it's nothing great. out there. It's all great. All right, Cliff. Well, seeing's how if you're driving all that time, you're in the car. Yeah. But if you're going to the moon, you're in the spacecraft. Yes. There's a better chance than you're going to get food and go to the bathroom. You have to pee in your clothes. I don't want to do it in the car. You could still have. You could could do that. I'd take the circumference of the Earth. Think of all the things you'd see. How many depends are you? Uh, You're you're going. You're going too fast. You wouldn't be able to see anything. Uh, That's that's. I I idle at seventy miles an hour. Well, but. You really wouldn't take the equator. You wouldn't take the whole way. No, see all the, the amazing things. Much Picchu, Pikachan, watch a teacher. <laughs> I'm just well, making a up lot places. of water, <laughs> a lot of ocean, a lot of water. I'd skip the water. I would just, you know, sleep. Well, you're going to sleep drive during that time. Yes. Okay. It's autopilot. It's a Tesla. I got sleep a Tesla. Drive. Yeah. Anyways, I'm taking the equator. Thanks. Mm. Or. The Closet Classic that you'll sell instantly for $500. Hmm. I, I, <laughs> this doesn't, hang on. I got to the finish line. And this doesn't make sense. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.